Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. be continuing in our sermon series in the book of 1 Timothy. Um, this series we have titled um, The Church's One Foundation. So if you would, and if you are willing and able, please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Our reading today is 1 Timothy chapter 3. We begin at verse 8. It reads, Deacons likewise must be dignified not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mysteries of the faith with a clear conscience and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderous, but sober-minded, faithful in all things, let deacons, let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own household well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God. It is given to us. In, it is absolutely true and given to us in love. Thank you. You may be seated. As Dave said, uh, last week our brother Andrew saved us as the ship was going down. Um, Andrew was here to keep it afloat. So Andrew did the first part of uh, this chapter as he talked about the qualification of elders. And in this particular passage today, we will, it will emphasize the qualifications of deacons. And we will look at three things um, that I think we should observe in anyone who is a potential deacon. We talked, um, Andrew mentioned last week as well, that in the fall we will be electing officers. So I, I think this is actually timing that this uh, sermon series is being preached. So please keep these things in mind when we look and we vote for um, candidates for the office of deacon. First, we will look at the candidate's character. Then we will look at his doctrine. And then we will look at his uh, family life. I do not believe um, when Paul lists these lists of qualifications that he expected us to find perfect individuals. But I think these qualifications were so that we don't rush into putting someone into leadership who's not ready for such an office. We should give, as Scripture said, them an opportunity to prove their character, their doctrine, and we should have an opportunity to observe their family life. So deacons were first established to assist the pastor. So the pastor could focus on preaching and prayer. In Acts chapter 6, 
we see this first occasion of the deacons when the widows was being uh, neglected. They took their concerns to the apostles and the apostles who were busy with preaching and praying and teaching said to them, um, choose for yourself men of good and honest report to put them in charge of making sure that you get the things that you need. Hence, the deacon. So what is the deacon? What is the deacon? They, they, they voted for these men. They put these men in charge. These men was to make sure that everybody got what they need and no one would be neglected, that everyone would have what they need. So these men are deacons. So deacons, deacons, what, what, what is a deacon? The deacon, the word that it originates from in the Greek, I'm not going to try to talk Greek today. I'm just telling you that it originated from somewhere, and that would be a word in the Greek, okay? So it originated, <laughs> it originated from a word in the Greek that means to serve. So the deacon is one who serves. A deacon is a servant. Deacons are to lead by example through service. Deacons are called to set the tone of service, mercy, and help others to follow, uh, to follow their lives as they live examples for Jesus Christ. So today we're going to talk about leadership through serving. Leadership through serving. The primary role of the deacon is to serve the church, to free up the pastor for, so he can be able to pastor he can preach, he can shepherd, and he could lead. So now let's look at these qualifications of a deacon. The first thing, let's look at verse 8, says this. Verse 8 says, deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, and not greedy for dishonest gain. So he's talking about the character of the deacon. His character must be dignified. It must be one that is worthy of respect. In other words, it's not living any old kind of way. You know, you, you can see people that come in and they, they look good, but their lives are, are not lives that are worthy of respect. Everybody as a human being deserves respect. But when you're going to put someone in leadership, there's something about that person, that it ought to sticks out. It ought to lets us know that this person is worthy, not as if he can do anything, not that he's perfect, but simply that he, he lives a dignified life, a life that's not out of control, a life that's respected in and outside of a church, a life where he, he has this seriousness about life. As Andrew said about the elder, not that you can't laugh and have a good time, because if laughing and having a good time was a disqualification for office, guess what? I wouldn't be in it. I enjoy us to, I think we, we ought to, there ought to be a seriousness about life, but I ought not always walk around stone-faced it. Amen. There, there are things in life that, that, we, that, that makes me laugh, that makes me bubble over, and I believe there needs to be a balance in anyone who wants to be uh, in leadership. So while his life needs to be dignified, he can laugh, he can have fun, but he also know, needs to know that there needs to be a seriousness about life. The next thing is not double-tongued, not double-tongued. In other words, not to say one thing, but do another. Not to say one thing 
and do another. The word of a deacon ought to be his bond. He ought to say what he means and then do what he says he's going to do. People should be able to take the deacon at his word. His word ought to be truthful. There's a parable in the Gospel of St. Matthew's in the 21st chapter. It talks about a man who had two sons. He went to his first son and he said, go and work in the vineyard today. He said, I will not. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went. And he went to his other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not. The point of this parable is it is doing is more important than saying, yes, our word ought to be our bond, but we ought to do what we say. Deacons must do what they say. Deacons cannot be double-tongued. They should not be double-tongued, should not be two-faced. Also, the next thing it says, not addicted to much wine. Now, while Christians are permitted to drink wine, deacons are not to be addicted to wine. It says not, not addicted to much wine. Deacons cannot be controlled by wine. Deacons have to be of a sober mind. A deacon cannot uh, make wise and sober decisions if he is controlled by wine. When I say sober decisions, it means that it causes you to think. It, being a deacon causes you to think. It causes you to, to have to go beyond the, the natural. It has, thank you causes you to have to go beyond the natural. It makes you have to think a little bit harder because you, you, you are helping people. You do things of mercy. For instance, Brother Todd and I came in contact with someone who came to us and they told us this story. They told me the story and, and when they told it to me, I was like, wow, I, I don't believe that. I, 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 just, I just don't believe it. Because it was so far-fetched. It's like everything that could go wrong in life was going wrong in life. And I didn't believe it, but it wasn't my decision. I called Brother Todd. I said, Brother Todd, to the deacon, and I brought him over. And he got the same story I got. And we both were convinced that it was no way possible that this person could be telling us the truth. We, we, We were convinced that this person was just trying to come to the church to take advantage of the church. But as good deacons of being sober-minded, we decided to investigate anyway. And upon investigating, we found out that everything that this person said was true. It was true. And we were looking at each other in like awe, like, wow. In our minds, sober-minded means that you've got to think outside of yourself sometimes. you've You've got to... Use your mind, and if you're addicted to wine, you can't think like you ought to think. So that person, a person who's addicted to wine, should not, listen, not addicted to much wine. This is, this is not a position for that person. Then it says this, not greedy for dishonest gain. Just like the elder, the deacon must not be in love with money. In the early church and in our church today, deacons handled the collection and they distributed arms to the poor. So in our church, when I say distribute arms to the poor, if you, are, if you have a situation 
where you find yourself in need, we have what we call the deacons fund. And the deacons are there to assist you, to help you, to make sure that you get the, that your needs are met. Now, the person that's in charge of that fund ought not be greedy for money. Hello? Yes, yes. You don't, you don't put a person like it. You, Sonya can't make chicken. She can't fry chicken and give me chicken to take to anybody. I like chicken. If she gives me chicken, she gives me 12 pieces to bring to you. There will be 11 in the bucket. Are, are y'all following me? Listen, now if we give the deacon money, if the deacon has money to give to you and he likes money, you don't want him to bring you nine when you should get 10. Hello? I'm saying is that you can't, if the person has a love for money, that person should not be in charge of the money. Not greedy for dishonest gain. Now, please understand me. Anytime we begin to talk about money in church, people begin to think that we, we don't want you to have money. No, 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 no. That's just the opposite. We want you to have money. We just don't want you to get it dishonestly. We just don't want you to love money so much that you're willing to do anything to step on people, to hurt people, to be able to obtain money. So the character of, of the deacon is that he's not, his life must be dignified, that he's not double-tongued, that he's not addicted to much wine, and he's not greedy for dishonest gain. So his character, his character must be one that is respected. Now let's look at the, the doctrine of the deacon. Look, look at the next verse. What does this say? It says, they must hold the mysteries of the faith with a clear conscience, with a clear conscience. So it is not saying, the deacon will not stand before you typically on a Sunday and preach like the pastor does. But his doctrine does need to be sound. What do you mean? What do you mean that his doctrine needs to be sound? He needs to know that, that God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He needs to know that God created all things out of nothing by the power of his word. He said, let it be, and it was. He needs to know that humanity was made in the image of God, sinned against God, and came under judgment, and out of God's great love for us, that the Father sent his Son into the world to save sinners. The deacon needs to know that the Son gave his life as an atonement for our, for our sins when he died on the cross. The deacon needs to know everyone who believes in the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit receives eternal life. I'm not saying that the deacon needs to be some theologically trained uh, individual, but it would not hurt for him to know the word of God. The deacon will not, as I said, he may not stand up here Sunday after Sunday and, and, and preach to you, but his life will be a message on how he lives, how he's an example of the love of God. The deacons will serve you when they serve, they serve in the name of Jesus. Their lives are testimony to his goodness. Now listen, I, I'm talking about a deacon, but everybody should be saying, I should be living like this too. 
Hey, man, our lives ought to be living examples. When people look at us, they ought to see the goodness of God in our lives. We ought to be reflections of him, of his grace and his mercy. So our, our, the character needs to be respectable. Our doctrine needs to be sound. And then the next verse talks about the development process. Look at this. Look at this next verse. It says this. And let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as a deacon if they prove themselves blameless. Already talked about. We're not looking for perfect people. We're not looking for perfect people. We're looking for people who live respectable lives. We're looking for people who have sound doctrine. And also, the deacon has a testing just like the elder. They said, don't put him in office too quick lest he becomes puffed up. Y'all remember that from last week? Lest he becomes puffed up. So in our process of training our deacons and our elders are going through training right now, there's a curriculum that they're following. They are getting a chance to actually very soon, they're going to be attending deacons meetings. They're going to get a chance to actually start working in cases where we need help. They're going to get an opportunity to to uh, participate in uh, helping with the collection and different things. So as a matter of fact, some of them are already doing it. Some of them are doing it right now. So what's happening is I want you to know as a church that while men will be presented to you, it's not men who have not been through a training process. It's not, a man, it's not men who have not been examined. It's not men whose character has not been observed. It's not men whose uh, we... we it's not men who don't have sound doctrine. Are y'all following me so far? So we are, we are in a training process. So they are being tested. Now, when we get to this next verse, this is when it changes a little bit. It changes a little bit because in verse 11, it says this. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderous, but sober-minded, faithful, in all things. So it changes. It goes, their wives. Now we know that the office of elder and deacon are for men. Okay? For men. But it says in here, but their wives likewise. So that means there, there's a change that's happening. Something has happening here. There is a change. What I want us to see from this is that the word Wives in the Greek comes from a word that means either a married woman or an adult woman. Okay? It means either a married woman or an adult woman. I don't want there, there is, I read a lot of commentaries on this this week because I wanted to be sure when I got up and I said this that I, I had some idea what I was talking about. So I read a lot of commentaries, and they talked about whether it meant deaconess. They were talking about whether it meant the deacon's wife. They talked about whether it meant a woman. What I want us to get out of this is that it was talking about a woman, okay? What it was talking about, what the point that I want us to get is that they were talking about women who serve. That's what they were talking about. Whether it's the deacon's wife whether it's a, a, a married woman or somebody else, they were talking about women serving. So I think that's very important for us to see. While women may not be able to serve as deacons, women are allowed to serve in the church. Amen. 
That's what I want us to get, that women are allowed to serve. So in Acts chapter 9, and it's throughout the Bible. It's throughout the Bible. They talk about Dorcas. She, she served with good works and acts of charity. And if you look in Acts chapter 16, it talked about Lydia. Y'all remember the Lydia? She was the seller of purple. And in Romans chapter 16, it talked about Typhenia and Typhosis as they were workers, women workers of the Lord. Isn't that something? So throughout the Bible, it talked about women who served, women who did things to help out the diaconate. And truthfully, just practically, there are things, there are things that women know that men don't know. I thought the women would say amen. <laughs> amen. There, there, there's some things. Listen, can, let, let me just give a, just a practical thing here. Can, can I just say this? I know nothing about childbirth. <laughs> Somebody's with me. I know, I know nothing about that. While, while I was with my wife, I was there. I know nothing about it. While I was in the room when she delivered the babies. But guess what, guys? I know nothing. I could, I could not describe to you what that pain was like. I could, I could not tell you what it was like to carry a baby for nine months. I cannot. I don't know anything. I just stood there. Baby was delivered. I get to smile. That's all I know. So what I'm saying is there are some things that men... When it comes to helping our sisters in Christ, there's some things that we're not going to know. There's going there's to there's be some things that we ought to quickly refer to a sister who's proven herself to a sister and say, hey, there's a sister that we can point you to. There's a sister that knows this better than I can. There's a sister who's better equipped. And I'm not just talking about in, when it comes to things uh, of that has to do with women, but also when it comes to things to do with ministry. Truth is, our church, majority of people that attend church are women. Women outnumber men. We need the input of our sisters. Amen. We got, we got something's going on here. Praise the Lord. We need, we need the input of women. Amen? It's right here. It's, it's showing us throughout the scripture. It's showing us throughout the scripture where women served, where women were used. So now, there were qualifications for men. Guess what? There are qualifications for women. What's good for the goose? It's good for the gander. Listen, it says that dignify must have lives worthy of dignity, respectable inside and outside of the church, not slanderous, no malicious talk or false accusations. You know, sometimes, and men are guilty of this too, being slanders. And I say not because they talk about things that are untrue, but they, they wind up talking about people's personal business. And it gets spread throughout. That's why it's important to have people who are of sober minds. That when, when you work with somebody as a deacon, this is personal information. People may be going through a tough time. And guess what? They don't want it all over the church. I've heard people spread people's personal business all in the name of prayer. Just so they can talk. 
so they can talk about it and then people's business is spread all over the church. That's not what we're here for. We're here to help people. So we need to be mindful. We need, we need to have people in office, men and women, that when we talk, we can talk in confidence. We can talk in trust. That's important. That is important that we have people who are not slanderous. Sober-minded means self-control, able to make tough decisions, able to investigate, able to go a little bit further. I already told you about me and Brother Todd. We almost, we almost didn't do something. We almost not been able to help someone because of what we thought. Sober-minded means that you have to dig a little bit further. Then it says this, faithful in all things. It means committed, that you have to be committed to the task. This work that we're being called to is one of commitment. It is one that requires us to possibly go sometimes when we don't want to go. Amen? You may be tired. Sometimes you have to push yourself. Sometimes you have to do. Sometimes it may even cause that you may miss out on something that you wanted to do to be able to help somebody else. So the next verse goes back now. It switches back to the deacon. Verse 12, and I'm almost done. Let each... Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their own uh, children and their own household well. So we heard about the deacon's character. We heard about the deacon's doctrine. Now we're looking at the deacon's personal life. His personal life, our brother uh, Andrew last week told us that uh, just as he told us about the elders had to be the husband of one wife, so does the deacon have to be the husband of one wife. Um, not saying that um, the deacon has to be married, but if he is, here's some qualifications. And if he's not married, he should live a life of purity. Amen? He should live a life of purity. So look at the, the husband of one wife means he is a one-woman man. I got that from Brother Andrew. One-woman man. Amen. That's all. Listen, truth be told, brothers, any of us who've been married a little little while will tell you one is all we can handle. One is enough. Amen. Amen. This is truth. Two two would be too much for me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. He ought to be a one woman man. He must physically, mentally, and emotionally love her and serve her. Um, Ephesians tell us this, he must give his life for her as Christ gave his life for the church. He also must be a good father to his children. His home, his home must be in order. Do you, do you think that anybody, anybody, um, as we said last week, once there was a description above reproach, everybody was disqualified. If we look at this list, if we look at this list, y'all, there, there, there's something on this list that can disqualify us all. I believe so. I, be, I believe that there's not one person who fits this, who, fit, who, who can look at this list and say, oh, I'm a good candidate. But what we look for, we're not looking for perfect people. We're looking for people that know that they need to lean on God for their help. We look for people who realize that, that I need him to help me along this journey. Amen? So look at this. The deacon's life, his life must be dignified. His doctrine must be sound. His family life must be in order. It's difficult for someone to 
be able to be a leader in the church if his own life is not in order, if his home life is not in order. Nobody, nobody has the perfect, nobody is perfect. We know that we need God. Last verse, last verse says this. For those who serve well as deacons can gain a good understanding, a good standing for themselves, and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. I, I, I struggle with this. I struggle with this because we, we look at this and we say, man, you know, if I do this, I'm going to get a good standing. I'm, I'm going I'm to be something. I, I don't think it means that if you are selected for a deacon, you get to walk around with your chest puffed out. I don't think it, it makes you better than anybody else. I, I don't think it, it makes you think that you the man. I think it makes you realize that, that you know that your life is to be a living example. That when people look at you, they see you. They see the goodness of God working in your lives. Not that you know I'm making mistakes, not that you're perfect, but God is at work in your life. That's the standing, that people begin to look at you and can see God in you. And then they begin to to thank God for how he's working in your life and believe that God can work in their life. Not that that we're perfect, because when we stand here, I believe they will tell you, Andrew will tell you, anybody that stands here, if someone stands here and tells you that they're perfect, you know they're not. I stand here, every time I stand, I stand knowing that I need God. I stand in awe that God will use me in all my flaws and all my shortcomings. I stand lean and depending on him. I believe the good standing is when you have good sense enough to know that you are unworthy. That when you have good sense to know that if God had not equipped you, if God is not at work in your life, that your life will be in shambles. So as we stand and as we think about in the future about our leaders, let's think about the character of our leader, the doctrine of our leader, and what his family looks like. Not perfection, but that God is at work. Let's pray. Almighty and ever-present Father, we pray that as we humble ourselves before you to be the servants that you called us to be, God, we pray that our lives and our ministry are reflective of who you have called us to be and that is reflective of you at work in our lives. So God, we simply pray that you will open our eyes and make us keenly aware of your presence, make us keenly aware of your grace and help us to be examples in word and in deed. Help us not to be selfish, help us not to be puffed up, Help us, Father, to realize that you are our everything. You are our strength. You are our hope. So, Father, we pray now that all we have is yours. 
and we surrender to you to be used by you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org.